1: To light the fight. This is the DMs, and we have a question that has come in, and um, I want to be really cautious as I share this because there's some unique details about this particular um, question. And um, as always, you guys, when you send in your messages, we don't know who we don't know you. Um, and, and we're based, not going
0: to share your whole Social Security n- number, just the last four digits. <laughs> we're
1: not stalking you. It, everything's fine. Um, but there were some things about this particular question that I think, even though we ha- we all have different situations, I think that there's a lot of things that can be that are very relatable about this question. And um, some of these things we've talked about before. But I'm going to set this up a little bit. Teenage kid, 14 years old. Um, he's the, he's the youngest in his family. He's pulling away
0: from... Well, let's give the other detail before. First of all, he's adopted.
1: He's adopted.
0: Okay. He's of African-American descent.
1: In an all-white family.
0: Adopted into an all-Caucasian family. And I just think those are very important details to, before you get to the other thing. Right.
1: right. I I agree. So the one... I mean, the main question here is, is in this child that is being resistant to connecting in the family, is making some bad decisions um, with technology and with substances, and the parents, kind of like I think all of us can relate to, see amazing potential in this child, that the child either doesn't see in himself or doesn't care about or value. And, um, you know, obviously, and in this message, you know, the, the mom loves this child, sees his talents and gifts, loves and, and would do anything for this child. Just, just like we all would. Right. um, but is just not connecting, not um, finding a way to get through, to helping this child understand his value, motivate him, and um, create, create connection. Um, I think that one of the feelings that I'm getting from the mom is that she's just really afraid that his decisions as a teenager – is going to trash his future.
0: Well, hadn't didn't she also mention that there's some details like um, sending a naked picture or something like that? Um, yes. And you know there there's been some other things that this boy mentioned it, some vaping. Yeah, some vaping, but he'd gotten trouble for some other things. It sound like. Um, and again, just want to add those little details too because. As much as she cares for her son, she's also going to be frightened and worried at the same time. Like,
1: and she she just is like, I'm I'm at my wits' end. Yeah. You know, what do I do?
0: And she said, for he also has some really amazing athletic abilities that she sees that he might have a future as like a collegiate athlete. So all the more reason for her to be fearful and worried because this isn't just a boy she adopted and raised. This is a boy she adopted and raised that has actually huge big upside. Sure. It's it's one of those things when you see someone so smart or so talented, it's almost like you hate to see them waste that talent because the talent is so just over the top. You're like, oh, it'd be a really huge shame if this person didn't see how amazing they were.
1: You know, the the thing that one of the things that sets this question aside from we've talked about motivation issues and we've talked about technology issues, we've talked about the vaping, we have talked about. About a lot of things, and one of the things that we haven't talked super um, openly or specifically about is the element of of adoption and the fact that this young man is different from his family.
0: Yeah, he's a different race. I mean, yeah, and can't hide that.
1: Right, which, y- you know... Um, is a is a whole nother level that I can't even relate to, not having been adopted. So luckily we have you. <laughs> well, I can
0: definitely relate to the adopted part. I can't relate to the noticeably looking different part. So this young man, being African American, young man, the family being Caucasian, just think about it. Imagine how old he must have been. And, and this is for the mom that sent the question. I'm just kind of setting the stage a little bit, only because. I've had the experience to talk to a lot of young men that were adopted and girls as well. But imagine how old this, this boy was when he first realized that people looked at him differently. Think about this for a second. Was he three? Was he four? Was he five? What was that like for him to see that people looked at him differently, that he's treated differently? And this, not necessarily that this is any different from a young man that was raised in an area where he was a minority, but I think it's specifically different when you're raised in a family and you're the minority in the family. So as a young boy, he's starting to see that he's not the same, skin color's different, family pictures, he looks different, he notices he gets treated differently, and I'm not saying necessarily bad, just differently. People are curious, kind of always knowing he's been adopted, and then now he comes into his teenage years, all his talent and all his, his major attributes aside that the mom shared in, in her question. You're still left with a young person that's trying to find out some identity, who they are. Then they don't have a family of origin. She didn't mention that uh, the biological family that it was an open adoption. I'm, I'm assuming that it's not an open adoption, and you know they are his whole family. So then when he feels like all teenagers feel that your parents don't understand you, now he's got some pretty powerful proof why they wouldn't understand him. One would be the obvious they're a different race. Two, maybe he feels because they're a different race, because they're not adopted like you, like he was, that they can't possibly connect and understand where he's coming from. And that all may be true to his experience and how he feels. But I'm just setting the stage to help everyone out there that's listening to this is that this is a question that comes with many, many different angles to it. And then on top of it, like I just mentioned, then he's a teenager and he's a teenage boy. So there comes a whole lot of other challenges just adding that in the mix. Then he has to be macho around his friends. Oh, wait, he's an athlete. Let's say, I don't, I don't even know what the sport is, but let's say it's like football or basketball where african-american males are expected to succeed in that sport specifically and hey i've had it man when i was growing up we had two black kids on our team and everybody was like okay like you're fast right like you can jump high right you're gonna make us a better team and it was like they're like well we're only two kids guys like we're we're not a whole team full of superstar fast kids and i remember asking one of my buddies I go, is that weird for you that, because he had moved and he was a neighbor of mine. He'd only been in our high school for two years. I go, is that weird for you that as soon as you moved in, everybody just expects you to be like a world beater, meaning like a super great athlete? He's like, yeah, it is kind of weird. At my other school, I was just another African-American kid that tried to make the football team. But here I have to be the best one. And I just was curious about that. I'm like, we don't know what it's like growing up as someone else. And then someone else that's... Trying to become a man and then a teenager and then it's a mom that's concerned and worries and see all of his talents and all of his potential, but then sees him sending a naked picture, vaping, doing things that, by the way, he may have done those exact same things even if he wasn't adopted, even if he, you know, had his biological parents with him and they had the perfect family these aren't necessarily things that are unique to his adoption, but if you add in the adoption, you add in the differences of race and living in, in a predominantly white area and community here in Utah, okay, now you got a recipe for a, a, a kind of a complex situation here.
1: Well, I think that it kind of adds that element of here's proof of, you know, here I can prove why I'm different versus, um, and I don't want to diminish at all this this particular situation but when there's belonging issues that that could be just number 1 i don't have the same faith as my family
0: yeah. or
1: number 2 my friend group isn't my same family um or what about these step like a blended family where there are some kids that you got the halves and you got the steps and kind of all of these different um categories of relationships, there there can be belonging issues there too that are here, here's my proof that I don't belong. Yeah. Here you you know. Um and and that might not be why those decisions are being made, but it certainly is increasing the the stress
0: Yeah, and you know and one thing that we failed to mention in the question or in her question she did mention that he has been depressed he has had thoughts of suicide um i don't recall her mentioning that he actually attempted but thoughts of suicide feelings of suicide and here it is on the outside looks like i'm assuming this kid looks like he has everything i'm sure a lot of his friends Probably wish they were him. They're like, wow, I wish I had your athletic ability. Especially, yeah, if he's a superstar. Yeah, because you know it is. You know, the really superstar athletic boys, all the boys want to be like him. You know, and if he gets praised for it, so he's gonna he's gonna want to live up to that. But underneath all those things we just got been talking about, at the core of everything, this is a little boy that just wants to be loved, accepted, cared for. Feeling worthwhile or important. And he's got a lot to sort out and to kind of figure out what that's going to look like for him. Because, unfortunately, for this young man, I can speak for myself and other young men that I've helped that have been, you know, gone through being adopted. It's not going to look the same for everybody. Not everybody's going to have that perfect adopted dad that you're going to connect with him or that perfect adopted mother that you're going to feel this bond with them that even though your color is different, even though your culture is different, you feel the strong bond. Or maybe it might take a little bit longer in his development to to get that. The point I'm trying to make though is that every situation is going to be different. But the one thing that's always the same is it doesn't matter what race, religion, what culture this young man comes from, he wants to be loved, accepted, appreciated, and feel like he's necessary for his family but at the same time he needs to find his identity he needs to find what is it like to be a young man in his situation what's it like to be a young african-american male that was adopted into an all-white family by the way just a little side note i don't know if this young man will ever listen to it if he can manage this that's gonna be great advantage to him in life he'll be able to get along with so many different types of people he'll have experiences where Other people may not be able to relate. But he can relate. He's going to know what it's like being on both sides. I remember this one African-American young man who um, had been adopted by a Caucasian family. This was here in Utah. He told me one time, he's like, you know what? Some of my black friends, they talk about, they experience racism. And he goes, but I told him mine's worse. And like, how's yours worse? And these were people that weren't adopted. Their parents were African-American. He's like, I experienced racism in my own family. And he went on to tell a story. <laughs> he was a family get together and the uncle was telling black jokes. He's like, excuse me, I'm black. And he said something to the uncle. And the uncle like, he's like, my uncle looked at me. He was like, oh, I almost forgot. Like, I'm just so used to you being around. I didn't think that I had to be careful what I said. So for him, he's like, that's worse. He's like, then i got to be cool with everybody and act like it didn't bother me when it really bothered me. It's just this weird thing that he's trying to figure out where he's at and how he fits in. So what you can do as a parent, and what I suggest all people out there do, never mind now remember, this is not therapy, I'm not your counselor, I'm saying something you can do. As we talk about quite often, maybe even to nauseam here at Light the Fight Podcast, is you can do something to start a different conversation. If his, if the question mark in his mind is revolving around, I don't belong. Um, I'm not good enough. Um, Maybe I disappoint my family. Maybe they're only happy when I'm scoring touchdowns whatever. But, you know, all this other wild side of me from being adopted or these other struggles I'm having, that's the part that they don't really want to adopt. They just want to adopt the, the nice, cute, cuddly version of me. I've heard young men and kids say similar things to that. So I'm not trying to put words in this young man's mouth, but imagine if he's coming from a place where he's feeling like he's causing them problems. He's causing them shame. You can make some very powerful statements to reset the course of how these conversations can go. If you feel your son being down on himself because he feels like he doesn't measure up to your expectations, if he feels that he's let other people down, maybe it was a coach, maybe he doesn't pass his grades, I'm just throwing things out there, right? Whatever it is he feels that he's less than, he's falling short on, these are opportunities where you can... You can put right in front of him a different option. So let's say he's feeling worthless that, you know, he's disappointed you guys as family and so he pulls away from you. You can go to him and say, listen, I don't blame you for feeling worthless. If I were you, I'd probably be really disappointed Matt too. And it's one of our favorite words here on the show. And at the same time, not only is there nothing that you could do to make me unadopt you, I would adopt you 10 times over. You have to say some crazy stuff that's true and bold and brave to make your kid feel like you're willing to fight for them. Because here's something interesting that I learned from my own experience of being adopted. You know you're different, you know you're not from that family, and you want them to constantly fight for you as if you were from that family. You want every proof in the world that you are not different even though you painfully know you are different. Because the only thing that's going to make you, well, from my experience, the only thing that made me feel like I had serious, significant value to my family of origin, because at that time growing up, I thought I had brothers in the NFL. They had all these great things about them. What could I ever do to make them a better family? Is I provided different insight and understanding of the world because I wasn't a member of their family. I didn't have the same prejudgments about people. I didn't carry the exact same beliefs that they did. In fact, to this day, my sister has told me this a couple times, and I truly believe it, that my experiences not being born from the family, but being raised in the family can be one of the greatest assets of my whole entire family. My family can benefit from the way I see things because I see things a little bit differently. So I want you to go talk to your adopted kids or for this particular mom. I want you without any problem to arise, without there being any drama, without there being a fight to go to your son and tell him that it's because of him that you guys are going to be able to be updated into 2019. Your family is going to have a chance to be better because of him. You are not embarrassed of him. You're not disappointed in him. Because when he does things that are embarrassing and disappointing, he's embarrassed and disappointed and mad at himself enough, and you're not going to add to that. You're just going to remind him who you really are, Tim. You're the same young boy that you adopted then, and you adopt every single day if you had to choose it all over again. I've heard some very powerful statements come from parents. Parents. And interesting for me, when I'm talking to someone about their kid that's a teenager that's causing them major distress and that's an adopted teenager, they speak of the actions of their teenager. That are, It's almost like it's so painful. It's so disrespectful. It hurts them so much deep to their core. And then once they get done venting about all the struggles they're having with the teenager, I ask them, I said, hey, would you mind telling me a story? And I usually do this with both the, the husband and the wife there if, the, if it was a couple that adopted And they go, yeah, what story? I go, I want you to take me down a walk down memory lane and tell me how you found out about this young man. What was the process like for you to adopt him? did you just have nothing better to do on a Tuesday? You're walking by a store. Oh, we'll pick up one of those kids. Was it like a like like you know like a, a pet type thing? Oh, we'll just pick up a kid for fun. And they usually laugh because if you've ever gone through adoption, it's not that not easy. Fun. Not that fun. You had a lot of, and you hear some crazy stories that didn't go well and yeah, some things that went really well. I asked the parents to tell me the story of that and then tell me when they first bonded with them and then when they had their first moment. But when they start reliving these stories, then when they get done saying that, then I said, now that is the young man we need to talk about. We can't talk about the kid who's vaping, the kid who sent an inappropriate texts to another kid because you can't talk about that kid. That kid scares you. That kid is your greatest fear. But if you talk about the young person that you brought into your life, and I say this with the utmost respect because I don't mean to disrespect any woman that's ever given up her child to adoption but you're taking on a kid, that somewhere inside their mind, there's a good chance that they may think this at one point. What's wrong with me that someone didn't want me? I heard of stories where moms picked up cars to save their kids, that moms got off of drugs to to take care of their child. Why not me? Because to a kid that doesn't really make sense why other people were chosen to, were good enough to protect and to fight for, But how come no one fought for you? So I'm telling you, if you are a parent of an adopted child, always find ways to make statements that you fought for them then, you'll fight for them today, and you'll fight for them tomorrow. And in the meantime, you'll probably fight between the two of you, but you're still fighting for them when it's all said and done. I don't think we could possibly say that enough with actual words, because it's very common for us to say the words of doubt and fears without stating the words of we're willing to go 12 rounds with whoever to fight for you.
1: Well, and and I, like I said, and I said this once before, I don't want to take away anything from this important conversation on the, on the adoption um, front. But even if your kid's not adopted, I don't think it would work. I don't think it hurts to let them know that you would choose them over and over as well <laughs> yeah, no th- this this is a clear I, I mean, I this, think this is a clear cut statement there's across some messages the board. here, even if you don't have an adopted child,
0: yes, uh, didn't well, the reason why I add so much emphasis on this dm with being an adopted child because an adopted child has the same shame and insecurity times two or three. Right. It's just a couple extra levels on it because they actually were abandoned. Now, I'm not saying that that was the intent of the parent. A lot of times it's the best thing. The parent has has no business raising that kid or they couldn't raise the kid well. So ideally it could be a better situation. Well,
1: and we know for sure that any woman who has given... Yes, who has, I was just going to get to who that. Who has gone through the nine months, especially knowing that you're going to turn this child over to someone else, that, that 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 is probably in many cases the furthest thing from abandonment.
0: Exactly. It, you know? it actually is the first thing from abandonment, and to the person who has it happening to them, they don't feel not, a whole they, lot like abandonment. Might,
1: yeah, they don't know that. They don't I get for to me, know that
0: story. For me, it was a story I couldn't even talk about. It was like, what's that in Harry Potter Voldemort? Like I couldn't even mention me being adopted. Because if I mentioned me being adopted, then I defaced the fact that I came from a woman who wasn't ready to have a kid, and that's my DNA. Mm-hmm. I came from someone who couldn't figure out life. Oh, yeah, by the way, that's my greatest fear, that I'm going to live a life just one, two, three steps behind everybody else. I'm never going to figure it out, and I'm never going to be successful, and I'm going to be just like the people who came before me, barely surviving and barely getting by. And when you're adopted, it just adds more layers to that. Um, and so I, I think in a lot of ways that most teenagers feel that if I'm not making my parents happy, if I'm not bringing them honor and glory, then I'm a disappointment. It's very polarizing. And so that's something for parents. If you can instill that confidence that you would fight for them. I hear from teenagers, this is a common thing teenagers will do. They'll tell, talk about a friend. Then they'll say, yeah, this one friend, this friend has my back. You always hear kids talk about, does this person have your back or not? Does this person have your back or not? Well, in the literal sense, it comes from the old days of dueling and and gunfighting, where you'd be standing back to back with someone, and that way they had you completely covered that you're not gonna be shot in the back, hence, protect my back, and you had for them that they're not gonna be shot in their back because you're protecting their back. And as far as human beings go with survival, on a core cellular level, It's pretty important that we feel that we're surrounded around some people that will come to fight for us if need be. Nothing is more important than for a kid and a child survival when they don't have a lot of means, they can't pay for bills, they can't work, they're not big enough and strong enough. This young man may be a, a strong athletic teenager, but he can't keep himself safe the way a family system can. And so if you let him know that you're always having his back and always inject those types of statements even in the times when there's great doubt. It does sink th- through. He does get the message, but it has to be a very short, specific message. And then your actions have to also follow that up. Doesn't mean you can't discipline your kid, but it does mean that you're going to have to try some some different approaches. You know, if you're going to see a counselor and and you know and 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 it's working but you feel like it's kind of stalemate a little bit, try something different. You know, there's there's wilderness programs, there's little weekend stuff that's not like actual treatment, but something for your kid to have an experience, be around other people, connect on a much deeper level so that they can have conversations about what really matters. They're not the only adopted kid out there. They're not the only kid that feels the way they feel. They just may not know that other kids feel the way they feel. So give them the statements of you have their back and you'll start to see conversations open up They'll share more things about what their feelings really are. Do your best not to overreact and freak out when they share those feelings with no you. No freaking out, what? No freaking out. But when they did share those things with you, again, thank them, give them compliments, and see if you can come up with some better solutions without taking the wheel from them. Allow your kid in this situation, adopt the kid, to have his struggles. If he's feeling like he's different or, or not fitting in, don't tell him don't feel that way. Don't tell him that that's, that's not true because it may be true to him. It may be the way he feels. Tell him that you're sorry to hear that feels that way. You've got his back. You'll always be there for him. But then remind him of all the times where he has been strong and confident and went through difficult times to help him remember that he's capable of going through this difficult time. He just may not want to have to deal with it.
1: Just reminds me of that Advice that has, that you've shared, Dave, several times that rather than showing concern. Um, Connection. Show, <laughs> mm-hmm. Connect, not concern. Meaning that if you come into this always, and, and this is mom 101, like, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong? What's wrong? Um, rather than just, hey, I love you. You know, I'm really proud of you, and I'm here for you. And, you know, remember that remember that time and going back to, like, like you just said, a story. I've got this photo here. I remember when you did this. Man, you're so cute. You know, tell stories. Tell kids stories about themselves. It used to be called scrapbooking. Now it's probably just like Facebook memories. But... <laughs> Every child loves and thrives hearing and reliving stories when they knew they were loved, happy, quality memories. That's why we make those memories is so that in times of concern, rather than being concerned, you can remember those stories. It's the perfect time to whip out photos.
0: Well, everybody's had wins. And when we have wins, we have good feelings, we have a good emotion. So when you talk about someone's wins, it actually triggers their emotional memory. It brings them back to a time where they were not a failure. Your son, speaking of this woman, he's had plenty of successes in his life. You just have to tweak and pivot those successes from maybe sports or other things and put that in the direction of himself. If he was successful in sports, he can be successful in these other areas. Most kids would say, oh, well, I'm just, you know, a talented athlete, so I just got lucky. No, that's what you came down to this earth with, some extra gifts and talents over here. There's no one that says you can't take this confidence over here and roll it into confidence somewhere else. If you're really good in football and you have lots of guys that think you're cool, find out which one of those guys that think you're cool that's good in math and have them help you with your math homework. (laughs) Right. I mean, this is how you network, how you resource. So if he's struggling with the school assignment, say, yeah, well, you struggle over here in football too or basketball and you did this. What does that have to do with that? Everything. You had a win in life. Over here, you're not having wins. Do what you did when you had wins. Over in the areas that you don't feel as confident in, you'll have the same result. This one kid told me one time, he's like, well, I get an F on every math test. And yeah, I score lots of touchdowns, but... You know, How's that going to help me from my math test? I said, okay. How many times did you do your math homework that week? He said zero times. He said, how many times did you go to practice? He's like, well, we had five days, five practices, exactly. He <laughs> didn't just walk out of the, I mean, you know, out of the car and score math. score touchdowns without going to practice. knowing the plays are very simple for everyone out there listening to take some simple wins, remind your loved ones of your their connections, share that connection instead of sharing the concern, give them some, I got your backs, mic drop it, walk along, but then you can get a little bit more bold and demanding later on. You can say things like, hey, listen, I know you're having a bad day. I know you probably don't wanna talk about it and I don't wanna get in a fight with you. So how about we do this? Let's not talk about it. But after dinner, we're gonna talk about it for a solid whole five minutes. And after that, we'll be done with it. Every kid has ever heard their parent said something like that. Wait, I don't have to talk about it now. We can talk for a short period of time later on today, and there's a definite time period that we're going to stop talking about it. That sounds safe that I could talk to my mom about something in a short five-minute time period, and then after that, I don't have to talk about anymore. You do a couple of those bold statements, and you follow through it as a parent, and you walk away after five minutes. You don't keep on pressing for more information. Guess what happens in two months later? Five minutes goes to 20 Goes to 30. Next thing you know, they're telling you stuff. You're like, okay, too much information. I don't want to know anymore. I get the point now. This woman wants the same thing every other parent out there wants, a deeper connection and know where their kid's at. Your kid's going to share with you more likely where they're at mentally and emotionally if they feel that you are a person that can handle the information. There's a
1: lot of information there. So rewind. Everything that we
0: just said. No, just rewind, some... the, just rewind the episode. <laughs> and if you're thinking out there, say, wow, this sounds like bits and pieces. They've talked in other episodes. You're absolutely correct. Yeah.
1: Bear's different repeating.
0: Yeah, different scenarios, similar information. There's not a thousand right ways to handle some of these situations with teenagers. There's a couple of basic concepts that as you explore and as you work at it, you're just going to get better at it. Just like anything else, you're going to get better at it.
1: We love these kids, you know. We just want, we just want the best for them. So if we can connect those dots, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> and for them not to send naked pictures of themselves oh, or share gosh. that. All joking aside, I really do feel bad for for you, mom. You know, I, I all too often hear horrifying stories of pictures found in their kids' phones, both being sent and being you know received. And I I haven't had that, and I I I hope that I'm not a part of your club, all you moms and dads out there listening, because. Even though I help people with that, that's not fun. Yeah, that's 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 no bueno, as the Spanish would say. Yeah.
1: Well, and as we talked about it, I'm just going to give one last plug. Maybe not the last plug, but just one more plug for the the documentary that we talked about, the the Brain Heart World documentary. I'm going to throw it in here just because 14 years old is a great time to have that conversation and connect some of those dots of, of technology of our brains, um, you know, and open up that conversation because, you know, unfortunately there's all these things going on that we actually know about. And then there could be a layer of things going on that we don't know about. And quite frankly, we're glad we, I mean, maybe you want to know everything, but, um, you know, if there may be other issues going on there, if if we're dealing with suicidal thoughts, we're dealing with not belonging, we're dealing with some manipulation, some technology stuff.
0: There's a lot of pieces to this pie, <sighs> and and that reminds me too. I don't want to make the mistake of just. Thinking it's totally easy to assume, but when in doubt, if your son is feeling suicidal, please take him to the ER. If you're here in Utah, use the Safe UT app. Contact an emergency professional. If you go to the ER, ask to speak with a crisis counselor. Um, you know, there's always nine one one. It's I don't suggest that as a number one reason, but point I'm making is that if your kid is suicidal and actively having those thoughts and feelings. That's not what I'm referring to in all this helpful information. I'm just sharing information of certain approaches so that you can reestablish a new expectation for the relationship from going from parent to support person. And this can help relieve some of the tension that an adopted child may be feeling. But when in doubt, if there's any suicide on the table at all actively, safety is always first. Act on that that stuff first and all the stuff I just said. Only use that when someone's in a safer situation. Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. As always, if you have a question for us, please feel free to send us a message on social media, either Instagram or Facebook. You can also leave us a message, send us a message via our website, which is Um, We appreciate your messages. And I I just want you to know that I applaud your bravery, I applaud you. Listening, I know that sometimes these topics are not super easy listening. <laughs> um, we would love to be able to weigh in on concerns that you may have, um, but keep listening, um, keep being there, keep remembering what we're talking about, and and by above all, don't freak out. Alright, guys. Thanks so much for joining us to